What's up, everyone? Welcome to Faith and Friction. Y'all, this has been some of the best conversations we've had. I'm so excited. We talk about all the challenging conversations that cause friction in the church. And today, we're going after the Nephilim. Nephies. Come on. Dun, dun, dun. Nephies. So before... (laughs) If you're learned, they're called the Nephies. The Nephies. So before we start spiraling, because there's so much to talk about, can we just define... What is the Nephilim? Who is the Nephilim? And where is it in the Bible? Oh, that's like the Do meat it? of the... Okay, let's yes, jump. Let's let's jump. Go. Let's go. We're not wasting any time, y'all. Let's get it. So we were talking about this. Actually, in some other episodes, we alluded to... We got it. You go back to Genesis. You go back to the beginning, and you're seeing how everything was set into motion. And one of the things that we were just talking about is in Genesis chapter 3, um, God said something after the fall, after Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned. And God spoke to the uh, serpent, and I'll just read it. Um, it's two verses, Genesis three fourteen and 15. It says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. Come on, everybody can say amen to that. Like, mm-hmm. no one likes snakes. Well, actually, some of you are probably going to comment and be mad that you have a pet <laughs> snake, but they're cursed. No. Uh, and on your belly, he said, You shall go, and you shall eat the dust all the days of your life. Verse 15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, speaking of Eve, and between your seed mm. and her seed. Yes. And he shall bruise your head, speaking of uh, the seed of woman, which is the Messiah, and you shall bruise his heel. So like, I've heard people call it a seed war. Yeah. You know, at this moment, God told Satan, he said, now your seed and her seed, who I have created, my offspring, are going to be in a battle, and we're going to win this battle. And so Satan immediately is like, I have to look out for her seed now. So he has been trying to take and pervert the descendants and the seed uh, of Eve at that moment. Yeah, and I like that you said that because to answer the question on what is the Nephilim or what are they, you have to kind of start with that, the very beginning. Uh, This is a seed war. So when we go Mm. into the book of Enoch and we talk, even in Genesis, it talks about the, the angels that came into the daughters of man and uh, these fallen angels created with the woman, the Nephilim. The Nephilim are the offspring of your scripture. Oh, Genesis 6, 4. Yeah. There were giants, Nephilim on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. So this is talking about... That's where it started. Yeah. And Book of Enoch also talks about it. But the Nephilim are actually the offspring of the fallen angels. Yeah. And even even in that scripture there, I love how it says that they were mighty men and men of renown. Giants. Giants and and renown in a sense of like men of status and power and influence and leaders. And so I think it's it's important to kind of note that, um, yeah, note that descriptive word, if you would. Well, and that's where I think when you understand where they started, that this war is from the beginning, then really your doctrine of Scripture makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And I think if you know the ultimate battle that Satan knew, the seed of woman is going to destroy me one day. And we know that's Jesus. And the entire time he is trying to now get ahead of the game yeah. and and win this battle before that seed comes. And it makes sense to me. Like, have y'all ever like 
questioned. I remember years ago when I was just new to the things of God, and I remember going, the God of the Old Testament, I've heard people ask me this, is different. Why is he so different than the God of the New Testament? Like in the Old Testament, all of these, he's killing people and saying, yeah, babies. And it's like, man, the God that we serve, like he's not killing babies. I think we were the opposite of that. But when you understand this, it'll all make sense. And so this is something really cool that I heard that I wanted to just share. In Deuteronomy 3, it's one example of where God told Moses, he said, go destroy the Amorites. Mm-hmm. And he said, I mean, and his, his job was to kill all of them, the women, children, and infants, the babies, and all of their animals. Mm-hmm. Now, I was like, why would God tell Moses to destroy an entire group of people, even their children who are innocent, who didn't even do anything yet? And once you realize this seed war, then you know that the Amorites were actually Nephilim. And it says that their king uh, is the king of Bashan, and his name was Og, or if you're urban, OG. But, uh, and so he was, if you don't know what that means, just keep going. But he was, uh, he was a Nephilim, but he, this is something we have to go into another episode because there's too much. But this tripped me out when I found this out. He was engaging in the practice of creating Nephilim Mm -hmm. with humans. Like, he was actually helping that happen after the flood. Because a lot Mm -hmm. of people say, oh, well, you know, the flood came and destroyed all of them. Well, the flood Mm -hmm. came because of that. But we find out that he was doing that again. And so if the Nephilim are found in Scripture after the flood, guess what? We're still still after the flood in this generation. Breeding Nephilim. Just think about right now, according to Scripture— yeah, and they're yeah, still on the earth. Let's talk about that. Was the whole reason for the flood? It wasn't just because the corruption of sin. Um, there was actually the Nephilim mm-hmm. were overtaking the Edemic Sea, yeah. and because of that, God says, "I have to restart. I have to wipe all this, all these people out because they are not the Edemic Seed." And that's why mm-hmm. Noah would, and his family were the only ones still left with the pure bloodline. Pure Edemic Seed, and though. that's why he kept them. And, but it does say, as I just read in that verse that they were here before i'm not sure how it says it but also afterward mm-hmm. and so it's after the flood they were still here well you know when you just said something i've heard people question them, they go well how do you know the flood came to destroy the nephilim because once again the god that we serve just because i mean people are sinful today mm-hmm. you know so god's just going to kill everyone on the earth because they were mm-hmm. sinning and he can do that in every generation if that's the case but when you realize it's the Nephilim, people say, well, that's not in the Bible. It doesn't say in the Bible that's why it happened. And so we, I want to bring this up because it's a big debate, a friction point in church mm-hmm. today. And it's uh, the book of Enoch are really different extra biblical texts. And that just means texts that aren't necessarily the inspired word of God, but some of them are historical books. Just like today, uh, someone could write a book about the word or about Jesus and they're the author, it doesn't mean it's terrible because it's not the Bible. It just means it's about it. So the book of Enoch really dives into the Nephilim. And I'm kind of like, I like to look at everything from a safe perspective. Like, okay, before I even believe anything in that book, like, because I grew up thinking, like you said, the church, it's almost like evil. Like you shouldn't even Mm -hmm. think about reading anything other than the word. Those are demonic. Mm -hmm. And so I think the enemy, once again, his tactic is to get people ignorant of the truth or of the situation at hand, because it's kind of like, hey, look over there while I do something over here, distraction. And so he's been trying to keep, I believe, this generation of the church, especially once again in the American church, ignorant of this battle that's going on so that we don't, we're not aware of the situation. 
And so as far as the book of Enoch goes, it was written around 300 B.C., and uh, the book was well-known, historically speaking, by the early church fathers mm-hmm. and the, the, I mean, all the way back to Jesus' time, and even quoted. Now, we know that the book of Enoch is actually quoted in the New Testament one time, like an exact quote that Jude quoted it, and then it's alluded to or partially quoted 21 times in the New Testament Word of God. Yeah. So it doesn't make the book of Enoch God's word because God's word is the inspired word. But because they're quoting it, then that gives credence to the content of it, that God would not be quoting lies. So there's historical truth to the things in the book of Enoch. And Jesus quoted it. I don't have the numbers here, but I think it was like 11 times or nine times Jesus actually alluded to parts of the book of Enoch. And so so I want to read just a couple points from this that kind of open up what you were saying, uh, Annalie, about how this happened. So the book of Enoch, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and this is fascinating because it's talking about us. It says, The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous, uh, who will be living in the day of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. Verse 2, And he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me, and from them, now he's speaking, I heard everything, and from them I understood and I saw, but not for this generation, he says, but for a remote one that is far to come. Oh, my gosh. So I don't the very th- beginning, <laughs> he's saying this is I for mean, the last generation. That's crazy. Us. Yeah. This I'm telling us. you. Yep. Wow. So, so now we know, okay, Jesus, you know, alluded to it. The New Testament specifically quotes this book. And now we're seeing that the first two verses say this is for a generation in the future whenever evil is going to be judged. Then in Enoch chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and just stick with me because I want you to hear it straight from, as they say, the horse's mouth so you'll know that we're not just exaggerating here. 6, verse 1 and 2 says, uh, And it came to pass that when the children of men had multiplied, so this equates to Genesis chapter 6 now. Mm -hmm. It's talking about the same thing. When the children of men had multiplied, that in those days there were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of heaven, saw and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose wives from among the children of men and uh, that they may give us children. And then in verse 6, in chapter 6 of Enoch, he goes on to say, And they were in all 200 of them. So you have 200 angels that are now fallen angels that had lusted after women and wanted to have why? Because Satan's trying to pervert the seed. Yeah, so seed Satan, crazy. what did you say in another episode, Chi? You said something about, like, he can't create anything. Mm-hmm. He just perverted. He just perverts just everything. Pervert and distort, yeah. Distorts it. Yeah, that's the word. He distorts the truth because he, he can't have truth. So it goes on to say that 200 of these demons, fallen angels, descended. Now, here's the crazy part. Y'all, this is going to be good. They descended in the days of Jared, or Yared, which is Enoch's father, on the summit of Mount Hermon. And I'm going to say it as a Texan Hermon instead of the Hebrew way to say it. So it's just like my great uncle. Anyways, so, and they uh, called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. So it says that when they were coming down to do this sin and have the Satan seed now with mankind, they descended onto Mount Hermon. Mm. which is the northernmost tip, like yep. Lebanon, Syria, and Israel right there, like north of the Sea of Galilee. 
And we're about to find out in a second, Jesus actually went to this location and did certain things. And there's a reason he did it. And that is where they set up camp, if you will. Like this is where the Nephilim now are putting their roots down on the earth. Can I just say, because I love watching ancient aliens and all it, because I think it all ties in together. I I have to look it up, but I think there's actually on Mount Hermon, they found a tablet where it talks about... Yeah? Yeah. Are you going to talk about that? No, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you do. Well, it just alludes to the Nephilim. I don't know what it says, but it's like thousands of years old. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. It's just backing... That's crazy. It's backing the story. It's like archaeology is. Right. And guess what else is crazy? On the very top of Mount Hermon, guess what building has been built there? A headquarters. One of the headquarters of the United Nations is at the very top of this mountain. Why would they pick a place like that to put their one of their main buildings there? So I'll let that just be for sink in some conspiracy. (laughs) Wow. But um, so you said this too, and I don't want to take forever to read all this. But in chapter seven, it talks about them teaching. Mm-hmm. the women and their children. Now, these Nephilim, half human, half yeah. demons, really, like magic oh, right. and yeah. advanced So we talked about this in, in another episode, but yeah, they came and they taught magical medicines, incantations, astrology, metalworking, makeup, medicinal magic. I mean, we did this on the New Age mm-hmm. one, but yeah, they we learned sorcery and all of these. Um, and that's where the ancient aliens comes in because yeah. you have like historical archaeology saying there was an advanced societies that oh, were yeah. beyond what we thought they were. And the, they have all these things about the pyramids conducting electricity and how do you build a pyramid with thousands of tons, boulders in that yeah. generation, lifting them that high. There was advanced knowledge that came sure. from these Nephilim. And it says in chapter 7, verse 2, it says, uh, it goes on to say they became pregnant and they bear great giants whose height was 3,000 L's which is tall, I guess. And it says, uh, <laughs> who consumed all the acquisitions of men, and when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind, and they began to sin against the birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink their blood. You talk about just evil, and it, not just the animals, but with man. Then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. And then chapter 9, I won't read all this for sake of time, but you can get your own copy of Enoch on Amazon. You can order it. (laughs) But it talks about Michael uh, and Gabriel and some archangels that came to the throne of God, and they were discussing with God what's happening on the earth. And they're almost kind of like, God, you know this. Like, what are you going to do about it? Uh, And so they begin to talk to God, and they're telling him, hey, man, this is what's happened. They're having kids. It's all demonic. And it goes on, let's see, at one point here, oh, oh, chapter 10, verse 2, God answers the angels, and he says, go to Noah. Now we're back to Genesis 6. And he goes, tell him in my name, hide yourself, and reveal to him the end that is approaching, that the whole earth will be destroyed with a deluge or a flood, and is about to come on the whole part of the earth and destroy all that is in it. And now instruct him that he may escape, listen to this, and Noah's seed may be Ooh. preserved for all generations of the world. Yeah. So he's saying the seed war again. Seed. This is mankind, the only pure seed left, yeah. versus the Nephilim for here. Sure. So the flood in the book of Enoch is what you said. That's yeah. the actual backing to why it happened. Which is so, wild. Yeah. And just for recap's sake, <laughs> so the point and purpose of the flood was beyond people just sinning and the world being chaotic and lawless 
you know, the the archangels going to God saying, what is happening right now? And God coming and saying, wow, we need to preserve the yeah. only pure seed that was left and get rid of the rest. Yeah. And so we see that happen through the flood. And it's crazy that I didn't, hadn't even noticed because I read this years ago, but that this was for our time because this is happening today. There yeah. is still the seed war between the endemic bloodline and um, the bloodline of Satan and how they're trying to tamper with our blood, with our genetics, all of that for this very reason. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, uh, just being familiar with Jewish culture and spending a lot of time in Israel uh, and learning the language, partially, I mm-hmm. should say, I, you know, a lot of the Orthodox Jews, they don't believe in demons or the devil at all. And when you go into the Old Testament, you start looking, there's a few references to spirit, evil spirits and things, but there's not much teaching or interaction or even exorcism, if you will, of demonic spirits. And then Jesus comes on the scene in the New Testament, and he's going around casting out devils from everybody and talking about hell and Satan and demons and the spiritual battle. And then Paul picks up in Ephesians and talks about it. And so we see this like, light shining on this demonic stuff. And this is the part that tripped me out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we've already established that the book of Enoch is quoted in the new Testament. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously not evil to read it. It's not God's inspired word, but this here in chapter 15 of the book of Enoch talks about where demons come from. Mm -hmm. And it says, uh, Enoch 15, eight, uh, let's, I'll just read verse eight through 11. It says, and now the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh, which is Nephilim, shall be called evil spirits on the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies Mm -hmm. because they're born from men and from the holy watchers, which is the angels, angels. is their beginning and uh, primal origin. So they shall be evil spirits on the earth, and evil spirits shall they be called. So what is it saying? It goes on to say here that the demons that are on the earth are released from the bodies of the Nephilim. Because they're part human. They're part of them, so and, they can operate part, so in So once both. their body dies, they stay on the earth. So they, that, but why, God gave the earth to Adam and Eve, to mankind. So because they're part human, I mean, there is some sort of, I guess, spiritual law of presence where they mm-hmm. have a right to be on the earth, they're part yeah. human, and so they're giving access through a human body or partial human body to get demons into this world. And so now Jesus is going around casting out devils. So the Nephilim are the root of all the demonic activity on the earth. So when you encounter demons, it's spirits of Nephilim. I love when Jesus is casting out the demons and he says, the demons say, have you come to torment us before our time? Because they know when their time is coming. That's in Enoch too. Is it? Yeah. It's in the New Testament, one of the verses. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, they know. Like you said, you were saying they know. Their what, torment. What their fate ultimately is. Yeah. And it's like, are you going to do this early? Yes. <laughs> Understanding and knowing who Jesus is. Yeah. And I would just say to those that are watching, it's like, you might be like, this is extreme. You might be like a Christian. You're like, man, these I, I knew this was one of those podcasts. Or you might be like, I've heard about this, but I don't know. Look, we're not, we're being as conservative as possible. We're talking about actual scripture we're talking about historical writings and the enemy always wants to keep you in the dark of his Mm -hmm. tactics because deception is the only weapon satan has jesus defeated him on the cross 
So all he can do is deceive you. And the less you know, the less truth that you have, the more he can create the picture he wants you to have. And he sets you free. It does. Yeah. And he doesn't want us to know. That's right. So, I mean, the thing that really got me, uh, Dr. Michael Heiser just talks a lot about this, and is that this, all throughout the New Testament, you're seeing that the writers of the New Testament who were inspired by the Holy Spirit were so influenced by the book of Enoch Mm -hmm. because it was practical reading for them in this generation. So that's why you see it coming out in the New Testament so much because they didn't even have to explain this came from the book of Enoch because they're writing to their constituents at that time. And everybody knew that was from the book of Enoch. It was a popular bestseller, if you will, on the New York Times or the Jerusalem Times or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was like a top book. So whenever they would say things like this, it was taken for granted that people know what we're talking about. And the thing that got me is when you know this and you see the ministry of Jesus, everywhere Jesus went and things he did and said, I think we miss sometimes that because we're Western minds 2,000 years later. It says, like, for example, Matthew 16, Jesus went to Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? And we just read, oh, he went to this city, and he, and he started doing this. But when you know the culture of the time, this is, I think I went ahead. I jumped ahead. Oh. I got to right. say this. The Caesarea Philippi, okay, we're going to go there. He said that, and, and then he begins to say, whom do men say that I am? And Peter says, oh, one of the uh, prophets, you know, Elijah. And he goes, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He acknowledges his authority that he is the son of God, the king. And at that place, now when you know geography, Caesarea Philippi is at the base of Mount Hermon oh. at the northern part. Where, where did the um, Nephilim come down to whenever they did that? They there. put base on Mount Hermon. And this is the crazy part. That area um, uh, on Caesarea Philippi at the base of Mount Hermon is actually, in that generation, everyone knew it was known as the place of the gates of hell because it was the entrance to the underworld because the Nephilim, that was their portal, if you will, between the underworld hell and the physical world, that supernatural dark place. Mm -hmm. That is their portal there. Jesus goes to the very location that (laughs) everyone knew. The disciples knew while they were there. They're like, and very few Jews actually went to Caesarea Philippi because it was an, an evil city that was all based around This type of stuff. I mean, the worship of a demon god called Pan, which is where Peter Pan comes from. Maybe another episode. Uh, And they were doing all of this demonic worship, and the gates of hell was the location that Jesus was standing in. And then he said, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. By the way, it's a rocky cliff, Caesarea Philippi. I will build my church in the gates of hell wow. will not prevail against it. And it's not rock as in him, but the rock of the truth yes. of what he had the spoken. Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that revelation that, he's talking that about. That the authority is with God and that that seed, that That's Christ wild. is the seed of God fire. and not this yes. false lying thing. Yeah. So here's what's going to be more fire. You're, you're going to lose on. your hair like Come me. Come on. So I, I heard, and I, I don't want to take the credit for this. I heard uh, Dr. Heiser say this, but he said, we always see the gates of hell will not prevail. In, in our modern vernacular, prevail, we're thinking the gates of hell are the offensive thing. Gates are not offensive. So you almost, when That's I read good. that, I was That's like, good. the gates of hell are trying, they're attacking uh-huh. and beating us up. 
But Jesus is saying, but that attack of the gates of hell won't prevail because of who I am and your revelation of me. Gates are defensive, not offensive. That's good. They are to protect. They're defensive. And here's what he said. He goes, Jesus was showing them that the church is not the defender. We're on the offense. That's we're good. attacking yeah. the gates of hell, Ooh. and we're bringing destruction oh to gosh. his That's hands. fire. That's fire. So in that wow. place, Jesus stood on the throne, if you will, where Satan has been doing all this demonic stuff from the very beginning, Genesis 6, and goes, by the way, uh, who do you say that I am? Let me tell you who I am. And that he revealed himself as the Son of God the first time the disciples recognized he was truly the Son of God. And at that point, right after that, this is crazy. The Bible says after that moment at Caesarea Philippi, they went up to a, the high mountain. Mm-hmm. It's Mount Hermon where they were. Ooh, and it. that's where the transfiguration took place on top of Mount Hermon, where the Neph- 200 Nephilim and Enoch first came down and tried to pervert the seed to stop the Messiah from coming. And Jesus, as a show of like, Punking all he of was just was like, I'm what in your place. And he says, and he's transfigured the glory of God. And here's the crazy thing. Wow. The transfiguration, then I'll let us go from here. The transfiguration, Jesus is standing there and it says that he shined like the sun. And Peter, James, and John were just like, oh my goodness, like this is amazing. Peter's like, let's build a tabernacle and never leave this place. And then the Bible says, this is very, everything's for a reason. God, the voice from heaven says, on top of Mount Hermon, after they had a recognition of who mm-hmm. Jesus really was, it says, this is my son, mm-hmm. my seed, yeah. Yeah. in yeah. whom I am well pleased. Yeah. So Satan, you're trying to stop the seed, and I told you it was going to destroy you. You couldn't stop it. The, my seed, my Ooh. son is here, and okay. Jesus and all of his glory was revealed and the very place Satan had tried to stop that. Wow. It was a display of authority and power uh, that he was doing. Come on. You miss that. Come on. If you don't know. Hey, hey. Wild, crazy. We we go in there, y'all. We talking about all the things. Did, where where do we learn this at yeah. church? Time out. No time one, out. Yeah. No time one out. talks about this. So wait, you're saying that in that moment that so many people have preached on, yeah, talked about that that moment was about way more than we even understand and realize. You got Jesus right oh here reclaiming. An area reclaiming something and flexing like, man, saying you thought that you were going to take this over. You thought that your plan was going to win or prevail. But this is just another sign of me saying your head will be bruised in more ways than yeah. one that is the I will never read the gates of hell never prevail against you in the same <laughs> Me neither, way man. No. Yeah. again that is how many scriptures amazing. are we missing that we don't know oh the context gosh. of I'm yeah. telling you yeah we grow up in this like watered down um it's a religion it's not even yeah. real and oh so many years of it until I encountered the real Jesus and it's like there's so much more it's not boring at all not no at all. and and just uh, sorry I'll add this one thing I just thought that um, it's just like modern day. If I were to say, yeah, so the, uh, you know, a couple months ago on Halloween, we went out and we cast out demons or whatever. In, in a thousand years, if someone didn't know what Halloween was, they're going to be like, oh, okay, so it was a certain time of year and they did that. They don't know it represents darkness and all this. At the same time, this time of year that it was, was a time where they have a festival that is for the god Pan, which is a god of all kinds of it's a God of sexual sin, which 
The Nephilim started from that sin. Yep. Yeah. And so Jesus is in the mid, they're in the middle of that demonic festival. And, and I'm sure the disciples are like, why are we going to <laughs> Caesarea Philippi at this time of year with a bunch of heathens? And then Jesus walks them up to the very beginning of all this darkness. And they're probably just imagine, they're like, we're in like the demonic capital of the world. And what is Jesus about to do? Wow. So you see more. So if Nephilim are walking the earth today, where's the evidence? And what does that mean for us? We'll also know that they were the men of renown, like we talked about. So these are the world leaders of today that are controlling us. And all that we do <laughs> and all that's happening. Yeah. And it's, man, I think... Yeah. You look historically credible right there. <laughs> right. We could go on for that for a while. But I mean, even if you look at, I know people see videos, obviously the pyramids oh, people yeah. have been debating and talking about Ancient for so aliens. long. Talks and it's like yeah. you have all these structures and architectural pyramids. things and and you know, there's there's a term that I mean you can Google it, look it up, a term called megalithic. Architecture and it just means megalithic, just means large stones, massive mm -hmm. stones, massive structures. And then for these pyramids in, in Giza, it says that there's about two and a half million stones that make up some of the largest pyramids. Because it's not even random rock, it's like a specific, it's cut heavy quartz in I a think. certain way. Each one of them the weigh, they're perfectly yeah. cut, they're yeah. perfectly Brand formed, oh, they're ton, tens of tons. And, and the weight of them. And you mean to tell me I know. that <laughs> men moved yeah. over 2 million stones in perfect formation going up hundreds of feet mm -hmm. thousands of years ago without yeah. any mechanism or modern technology. And beyond that, with the technology that we have today, we're unable to do that. We can't move those stones. And then to have these stones and pyramids and the top of the pyramids and some of these pyramids in Egypt are pointing to true north and line perfect. up with with some uh, star constellations in a perfect way. This, no way. The, the watchers, if you would, again, going back to revealing those mysteries of those things and working with men, you know, working with them and, and collaborating, if well, you would, to and do advanced these things. technology to be able to move these stones. It's all kinds of amazing. I mean, I feel like in, we're supposed we're told that humans did this. I'm like, there's no way we're being lied to. Even the there's fact no that way. North America, no one was here um, before Columbus, other than like the native, the native people, when there are significant findings of giants and of structures that you can still see today. Yeah. That no I mean, we can travel there. No explanation. Yeah. And it all ties back to that. You know what? We want to hear from y'all. Put down. What are your questions? Below. What do you think your explanation? We all have an opinions and explanations. We just spent time going through scripture, explaining things, talking about things, discussing some stuff. What do you think? these things came to be? How do you think they came to be? Tell us, what's your theory? What's your opinion? What are your thoughts? Who you think built the pyramids or these massive stone structures? Or have and, you even heard of this in yeah. the church? If you're like a church believer, have you heard of this from your pastor's mouth? Man, there is <laughs> there is so much more we can get oh, into. Yeah, yeah. More yeah. friction. 
There's oh way more friction. We're going to just, we're going to land this thing right now. And kind of, I feel like that's a lot to digest and kind of go through. And you might want to look up and go back and read things and we'll on your own. Two. And we, have to. we can we have do a part two. But if there was something specific that you were just like, man, I, I would love for y'all to go deeper on this thing just or that down. thing, then let us right. know. And we can dedicate a whole additional episode to just this. And if you really want to have some fun, check out TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok. It's is all over where TikTok. All the conspiracies are drawn out and explained and And it's wild and difference being that I love here what we're doing here is we're going to walk you through biblically yes. how this stuff can be interpreted. Obviously, yeah. we've all been down the rabbit trail and the and of looking up these things, watching these videos, watching these things, but to be able to go and then put that up against scripture and say, okay, if the Bible is a final authority, and I think that is, even if you don't think that the Bible's final authority, to know and understand that this is stuff in the book that was written thousands of years ago, inspired, breathed by God, that covers all of this stuff. It's in there. And what validity. It gives it oh, yeah. to these conversations and adds to these conversations, knowing that it's covered, that it's been there, that it's not new. And so, and it says in the last days, everything will be opened up to us. So this is the time to, to learn and understand these things. There is an opening yes. happening. Wow. wow. Awesome. Great. Good. So good. So good. Yep. Man, well, as always, be, able, uh, be sure to share. Comment, you know, send this to somebody. Let other people join in on this conversation. Be looking out for things that we're releasing and and be sure to engage and ask those questions. There isn't a topic or um, a question that you can ask that's dumb or yeah. that's too far out of there or too out of bounds. Like we want to hear all of those things and we just can't wait to really dig into some more topics. Yeah. See you next we'll week. see you next yeah. time.